Hello, and welcome to the Plug and Play podcast. I'm your host, Adam Jones. Um, this is my first episode of the Plug and Play podcast, which I'm sure you can see from whatever podcasting app you are listening from. But um, I'm quite nervous to be doing this, actually, because uh, this is a video game podcast, as you probably could have guessed, where I, I want to uh, review games in the first half and then in the second half cover news that happened throughout the week. And like I said just a second ago, I am quite nervous because I don't have much qualifications for this. I didn't go to school for journalism. I don't really have any experience doing this except uh, sitting in a uh, Discord server or a Xbox uh, party with my friends discussing the latest in-gaming news and, and things like that. Uh, I listen to tons and tons of video game podcasts. I just uh, I work 40 hours a week, and for almost every single one of those hours, I have a earbud in listening to a video game podcast. Um, so I'm just hoping that uh, instead of doing it for my own self-enjoyment, I can make something out of it and, and pull all the information that I read and hear um, and, and compile it for everyone throughout the week. And uh, I'm just going to be hopefully posting every Friday uh, with a new game to review or a new topic to talk about. And uh, in the second half of the show, I'll just pull news stories that I've, bigger news stories that I've heard throughout the week. Um, I have about, I think, six or seven this week that we c- uh, that I can talk about and um, uh, give my opinions on. And if you guys enjoy it, I hope you come back. Uh, so uh, the first game that I'm actually going to be reviewing is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Um, I myself am not a beat-em-up, if you actually know what this game is. It is a side-scrolling uh, beat-em-up with uh, beautiful pixel art. Uh, but myself, I'm not a beat-em-up fan. I, I don't um, really click with fighting games and beat-em-ups. I know two ve- two separate but close genres. Uh, they're just not my thing. I never was uh, too good at them. I would love to be good, of a, good at them. If a genie gave me three wishes, one of them would please be make me good at fighting games. I, I, I just I can't. Something in my brain does not click with those um, those games. But anyways, uh, I am a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. I love them. I grew up watching the uh, 2003 um, cartoon. I own all 10 seasons of the the 90s cartoon, and I've watched my fair share of the most, um, not the most recent one, but the um, the one that came before that, and I think about 2014 is when that one came out. But I am currently also wearing a Raphael shirt in the uh, at the time of recording this. So I, I myself had to check this game out. And... It is on Xbox Game Pass. So if you play, uh, pay for Xbox Game Pass, I mean, why not? Why not just hop in cloud gaming? If, if I think it is available on cloud gaming, hop in there and play for just a few minutes. If you don't like it, you don't have to play it again. But anyways, my, um, my thing is I, I love the Ninja Turtles, so I had to check this game out. Um, it has a beautiful art style. I think the pixel art is some of the, the best pixel art that I've personally ever seen in a game. It, the, the, the color, the shading, everything they do, the, it just it pops off of the screen. I absolutely love it. But anyways, um, this uh, game was developed by Tribute Games. They are responsible for games like um, Panzer Paladin, Curse and Chaos, and Flint Hook. Games I've never actually um, played myself. I did look into them for this um specific um podcast but 
they all seem very similar in in um, art style and play. I know there's don't uh, don't pan no Panzer Paladins come after me for saying this or Flint Hook, but they all seem to play very similarly and and seem to be on the same uh, um, brand for this um, for tribute games. I'm not saying they are. I'm sure they're great games. I, I'm sure they're very different. I'm just saying they seem to play very similarly. Um, the publisher was uh, Dotium Games. I've heard other people struggle with that, so I know I'm not alone. Uh, Dotium, uh, they're, they're the publisher, and they've published games like uh, Streets of Rage 4, the Windjammer series, and Metal Slug Tactics. Now, I have, I have played the Windjammer series. I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, I, I didn't enjoy them that much. I just couldn't get, get the hang on them, but... Um, I did. I did. Um, I have heard of these and checked them out. So um, it released on all consoles, and uh, I just have to shout out this one of my favorite parts of this game. Not only being the the turtles themselves, but the soundtrack. The soundtrack is absolutely a banger. Uh, um, the most of the soundtrack, I think all of it actually was by T. Lopes, who uh, did Streets of Rage Four. Uh, he did Sonic Mania and Sonic Racing. Um, but not only did he do all the stuff, they also had a lot of um, guest uh, musicians come on and do specific songs. They had a few, uh, I can't, so sorry, I can't remember the artist, but they had a lot of songs where they would come in and you'd, you'd hit a level like um, Turtles on Broadway. You hit that level and just this this absolute bop of a song comes in with T. Lopes, I think, did the track, and then I can't remember who did the lyrics on it. I wish I could. I'm so sorry. It's not in front of me right now. But um, then you had um, we, ain't, we Ain't Come to Lose. Absolutely banger. It I think the song is by T. Lopes. I don't think did that one. I think it was only Ghostface Killer and Raekwon from uh, the Wu-Tang Clan. And that one hit, spoiler alert, right when you fight Shredder for the, um, for the first time. So that song hits, and it absolutely takes that boss fight to the next level. And I, I just cannot express how good that song is. When it's purely about the Ninja Turtles, it... it it absolutely blew my mind the first time I heard it. It released, uh, I think, a few days before the game came out. So I had some time to sit there and listen to it before the game came out. But not knowing where it fit into the into the game and wh when it was going to kick in, I thought maybe, hey, maybe it's just a, a marketing thing that they did. But when I entered that boss fight with Shredder and that music came on, oh, my God, it was good. It was good. You're just going to have to play it for yourself. You're going to have to go through. Um, the game has 16 levels. Now, you, there's two ways you can play this game. You can play through story mode, and there's three levels of difficulty. I can't remember. I mean, of course, it's easy, medium, hard, but they have, like, s uh, specific names to, like, coincide with the Ninja Turtle theme, um, but I'm, I'm currently blanking on those. I think one is chill, one is okay, and then the other one is... Um, can't remember what the hard one is but anyways um there there's the two ways of playing this game is through story mode and arcade mode story mode kind of takes you into a uh overworld mario map-esque kind of thing where you go from level to level clicking on them and you can level up all of the characters um shredder the four turtles april o'neill you can level them all up with help uh, and as you level you get like health boosts different moves special abilities and things like that um, you can play through, stop anytime, uh, and come back to it. Then you have arcade mode. 
you can play on any of the difficulties in arcade mode but the catch is your your characters are fully leveled up already so you don't level up nothing like that you have all the abilities all the health up upgrades and things like that but once you start at level one you cannot stop you got to play all the way through to level 16 till the very end just like an old classic arcade just like a coin op back in the the, the uh, 80s and 90s you got to play all the way through in one sitting but <coughs> i will tell you playing through this game on story mode multiple times is definitely worth it uh, and i know i already spoiled a little bit with the uh the boss fight with the shredder uh, who could have guessed but at the end of the story mode no matter what difficulty you beat it on I hopped in for the first time. I hopped on on in easy mode because I'm not good at beat 'em ups whatsoever. But um, once you beat the game, you unlock Casey fucking Jones, the unit, the absolute unit of the TMNT universe. And I highly recommend doing that. Just blow through it on easy mode and then go play as Mr. Jones. He is absolutely brutal to play as. Each character. I love playing as all of them. I've, I've, I've tried out every single one of them, I think, except except Leonardo. I did not try out Leonardo. But, I mean, come on. Leonardo, he's, he's like playing as fucking Mario on Super Mario Bros. Wii U. Like, nobody wants to play as Mario. Everyone wants to play as Luigi, Toad, or Pete. Like, it's, it's basic bitch shit. Like, I'm sorry to be so vulgar, but come on. Anyways, I've played through, uh, I've played through the game. I love playing as each character. My favorite, personally, is Casey Jones and Raphael, but those it's because they're the two baddest. They're the two baddest in the game. I mean, Shredder's right after, but not Shredder, I'm sorry. Splinter is right after, but, I mean, each of them is equipped with very similar moves. Like, I mean, it's the same hit combos, XX, grab, walking up to him. You just grab and you do a cool toss. But they each have different unique animations when it comes to their characters. And, and each of them is just so cool and fun. And when it comes to just the color pops when you activate special abilities, it's it's downright awesome. I mean, that's that's all I can really say about that is it's just awesome. It feels good. It feels clean. Everything you do in this game is just a blast. Now, there's two types of levels, though. There's ones where you're just walking on the street. And this this is kind of a problem because through the 16 levels, it starts to become very repetitive. And I'll tell you what actually boosts that after I get to through this point. So there's two two level types in this game one where you're just walking around as the turtles or the or april or casey or whatever you're just walking around you're beating up foot clan soldiers you're just doing your thing you get to the end and there's the boss now that's fine and dandy the second level the second kind of level is the uh, hoverboards you skate around on hoverboards whether it be in the air or um like i uh turtles on broadway you're just skating down the street on your hoverboards and it's very fast paced you don't move the map is constantly moving with you you can go up and down left to right but you're not really pushing the map along at all it's just automatically doing that um and that's it that's it and so when it comes to those the 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 16 levels by the end of it it does kind of become repetitive and a bit of a slog towards the last few levels not not in a bad way not like it, not to where it's going to drop the game by a few points on an IGN scale or something like that. It just it becomes a, a somewhat repetitive like any game would towards the last few uh, the, the last few hours, the last few minutes of the game. But 
my problem when it comes to the hoverboard levels is it is very hard to detect where like um, a health pickup is. So you'll you'll be going through the level and a pizza will float up on a balloon and the pizzas are how you heal yourself. Throughout the level, they'll just be randomly spread out and there'll be a health pizza. You sometimes it'll look like you're right online with it. You're right there. You're going to pick that pizza up and the last second you pass right through it or you pass right above it or a pixel below it. And it's very frustrating because you'll be low on health or you'll be um, and you'll be needing health and your teammate will be needing health. You'll both line up for it and you miss it. So then your teammate may have gotten it, but you didn't. So then your teammate, there's a special thing you can do where um, you go up to each other and you hit uh, one of the bumpers, whatever console or PC, I don't, I don't know on PC, but on uh, Xbox, it would be RB. So you'd hit right bumper and your characters would do a high five animation and your teammate, whoever you're playing with, can give you some of their health. And that's really cool. It's really awesome when you're in the middle of a fight and you can't find pizza. But when you both had the opportunity to grab pizza and yours missed because of the level design and the art or whatever it was, the pixels not lining up, and you miss it, it can be quite frustrating. And that and that is a problem. It, did, it wasn't a problem in any of the levels where you're on foot, only the hoverboard levels. And the same goes when flying enemies come up. There were ninjas on jetpacks that you had to knock out of the sky, and you're, you're jumping, you're jumping for your dear life because they're knocking your health down, and you're swinging, you're hitting with all your might, and you just can't hit them because the, the perspective is off or something like that. It got a little frustrating at some points, but... It is forgiven. I, this game was an uh, absolute blast to play. When you got frustrated, you got mad. Once you knocked him out of the sky, you went to the next screen. You knew you were going to find something on that screen that you're going to enjoy to look at. I mean, and th this brings me back to the, the, the reason these levels are forgiven or the, the levels are forgiven for only having two types. While there were only two types of those levels, the variety within those levels were, were a blast. You would go through and you'd and you'd see different backgrounds, different designs, different styles, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I know it's weird to say about a, a, a 2D side scroller, but the levels were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the art, but also from screen to screen, you would find enemy soldiers, enemy Foot Clan soldiers, just doing whatever like you'd see um in the second level you would be running or was it the second or third i think it was the third level you came running through the zoo the uh, central park zoo and oh excuse me i had to burp there you'd go running through and and there would be foot soldiers just chilling on a park bench taking a nap or they'd be petting the animals i saw one he was he was pretty he was um behind like um one of those carnival games, and he had like a top hat and a cane. He was shaking it, and he was cheering for the guy. And there was a foot soldier throwing hoops at rings. It, it was—it's an absolute blast. In the first level, when you go through um, the TV station, there would be clan, uh, Foot Clan soldiers and these ninjas. They'd be answering the phones or typing on the computers, trying to help the uh, the station go up. Or you'd find, since it was a TV station, um, there was a cooking show. There were three ninjas with chef hats on, stirring bowls, and then when the, when you came up, they'd jump out at you, and their hats would fly off, and the bowls would go flying, but they would still use the spoons to fight you instead of whatever weapon that they would normally have. So I, it was the little things like that that were just crazy and fun and goofy and really kept you in it to, to see what was coming the next um, 
in the next screen. So uh, that's that's really why you can forgive there only being kind of two level types throughout the game. And the boss fights at the end, seeing uh, seeing bosses appear from the uh, the teenage the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, and then the um, the uh, animated series and things like that. It was it was a blast to see. And then um, yeah, oh, overall, I'm sorry, I lost. <laughs> lost my train of thought there overall it was just an amazing game an amazing experience i would highly recommend everyone play it especially if you have an xbox with xbox game pass i know it came out on all consoles switch pc um playstation and xbox but if you have an xbox hop on game pass cloud stream it or download it whatever anything to play this game it was a absolute hoot to play i loved it I don't know why I use the word hoot there. I've never used like it's not in my fucking vocabulary. I don't know why. But anyways. Um yeah, no. So uh I don't really have a rating score or anything like that. Five out of ten or or or, or five out of five, ten out of ten. I don't really have that. So uh, I just wanted to share my favorite parts of the game with you and hope that uh, you guys go check it out and give Tribute Games some love on Twitter or anything like that um, because this game deserves it. Now, um, what I heard about the game, um, other than what I thought, I heard people were talking about it for their goaties. They were they were saying that it might even be game of the year. I know some people didn't really vibe with it, but I did hear, I did hear people bringing it up for that point. I d for me, do I think it'll be up there? No, not really. I mean, I'm a little a little uh, spreading of the curtain. I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. I, I work for a grocery store, so I don't get to play every game that comes out, ex especially because I only have an Xbox. I d uh, ex Xbox Series S, for that matter. It is, um, it is next gen, but it's not the best of the best, and um, I had to get the cheaper option. Because that's the one that's most readily available. Don't have a PS5, so I didn't get to play Horizon. I did play um, Elden Ring, but I don't have a lot of money, so I can't afford every game that comes out to play. So that's why Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is um, a game I'm talking about. I can afford Game Pass, so I, I'm talking about what's on Game Pass. Um, I do hope to talk about more than just that. But if Xbox keeps putting games on there, hey fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna keep talking about it you know so um yeah uh i, I think this game is um twenty dollars i think i think it might be 25 um i can take a quick look if you just give me a second sorry i'm probably breathing into the mic i can just cut this out right i can just edit this right out Okay, so it's looking like physical copies are $30. Let's see on Steam, shall we? Steam. It's about $25. It's 10% off right now, so if you want to go buy it for 10% off right now, um, I don't know when that sale ends, but hey. Oh, July 7th. So go pick it up. This, this podcast will be out. Go pick it up on Steam if you have it and anywhere else. But anyways... Um, moving on from that, uh, I guess I'll just talk about what I have been playing other than TMNT. Uh, I did beat the quarry. It's not a game I really want to talk about. Um, uh, I beat it with my roommates and my wife, my wife, sorry, I don't, I don't know if that's the one. 
All right. Yep. No, my apologies for the that. Um, but I did I did beat it with my roommates and my wife. We we liked it. We enjoyed it. It wasn't an amazing gaming experience. It was a little slow in the beginning. Um, I can do an episode on it. Let me know. Um, and I will. Um, but right now I am really interested in Obsidian Games, and I'll tell you why. Obsidian Games is owned by Xbox. I'm an Xbox fanboy. I'm not a delusional Xbox fanboy. I know PlayStation has better. I, I, uh, we can talk about that someday in the future. We will talk about it, I promise. But um, anyways, Obsidian Games. I'm, I'm very interested in them. I want to look more into them. And so I have been playing South Park and the Stick of Truth. I've always wanted to play it. Um, I watched gameplay of it when it first came out. I watched them uh, a let's play um, about halfway through the game. And it's a fun game. It's a blast. Uh, Obsidian did develop it. Um, I think EA published it. They did not do the sequel, though. Um, Obsidian did not do the sequel. So I thought, I thought hey, since this it's an Obsidian RPG, Obsidian is apparently trying to force their way into the top uh, RPG um, uh, developers out there. So might as well um do that so i i downloaded it i played it it was on sale for like 10 bucks i think and i'm having a blast with it i think it's funny it's humorous i think there are a lot of jokes i think about 50 percent of the jokes land while the other 50 percent uh, they fall between falling flat or just kind of a slight chuckle it's nothing crazy i'm not fart humor really isn't a, a big thing for me it was when i was 12 but fart humor doesn't get me it has to be clever or f in that way i just it's, it's something that doesn't really resonate with me and that's a big part of this game you use your farts as magic abilities and that's fun it was funny at the start but it kind of just kind of gets old and then you just kind of have fart sounds thrown in throughout the game which it's a 14 hour i think around that time frame game so 14 hour of farting during combat i can i can put up with it it's not gross in any way it's just stupid so but yeah no i think it's a it's a fantastic game and if you want me to go more into it i will um but uh that i play a lot of fortnite i've been playing fortnite and the only reason for that is well no that's not the it's a banger game it's a banger game. i'm not gonna hide behind it i'm not gonna act like i'm ashamed to play fortnite it's a it's a banger game. Are you telling me I can play as Marcus Phoenix while riding Butt Stallion while having a Spider-Man backpack? Of course I'm going to fucking play Fortnite. Come on. I know Smash Bros. Ultimate, they call it the greatest um, the 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 greatest crossover in in um, gaming history, the greatest crossover in gaming. Nah, dog. Nah, that shit's Fortnite. It's wild. Yeah, I can have Darth Vader doing a TikTok dance while Spider-Man is riding on a warthog. It's what? It's trippy. It's it's honestly a fever dream. But anyways, I play with my friends. It's cross-platform. Uh, I have a few friends on PlayStation Five. I have a few friends on Xbox. My wife plays Xbox. My one of my roommates is PS Five, and one of my roommates, the other one is uh, uh, Xbox. So we all just hop on there. We all have a blast. It's fun. So I'm always on Fortnite, um, playing when I can, while I'm not trying to to squeeze out a game. Um, but yeah, so that is. It for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge and uh, what I've really been playing. Um, next week, when it comes to uh, games, I'm thinking either um, I've been playing Mirrorverse, 
on um, my phone on the iStore, um, the Apple Store. And then I have also been playing um, – or no, I'm not, I have not been playing. I plan on playing Neon White. That has been making a big splash in the gaming space. And so it's a indie game that I really want to dive dive into and uh, go for. But um, yeah, I guess with that, um, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to go let the dog out and then we will uh, get into the news. So um, I'll be right back. Pretend like I, I put music in or something. I don't really know of any cool music to put in but anyways yeah no bye all right we're back um now uh actually before i get into the the news i would like to make a statement i like smash bros ultimate and i know this is weird i like smash bros ultimate i've played since the gamecube all the way up to the switch every single iteration i i love smash bros it's it's one of my favorite gaming franchises but you can't deny the like come on fortnite the crossovers thanos punching master chief or kratos it's wild it's 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 it like i said it's a fucking fever dream but anyways let's get into the news i don't know i don't know what that was i don't know what that was i'm sorry but anyways let's get into it so um Nintendo. They had a mini direct. Um, I think it was, I do believe, Tuesday on the 28th. They had a direct. Um, I'm going to be going to um, Polygon to uh, to um, sort through it all. They posted a whole article of all 24 of the different uh, games that were announced or shown off there. Um, Nicole Carpenter is the one who put this list together. So I will be just yoinking that over my way. Um, they showed off Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. I'm gonna be go I'm gonna rapid fire through these. Um, that one will be coming. That is a um, DLC to Monster Hunter Rise uh, on the Switch. It's coming out June 30th. I played Ri I played World. I played Monster Hunter Worlds on my uh, Xbox. Uh, it was okay. It was fun. I enjoyed it um, for, to a certain extent. Um, nothing really crazy grasped me um, to just keep coming back to it. Uh, I hear it's really hard to get into the Monster Hunter series, and it really takes the right title to pull you in. So maybe um, one day, uh, maybe if they come out with a Switch Pro, which I, which they might, or a Switch 2 or whatever, and if it is backwards compatible, <laughs> you never know with Nintendo. That might not – weird Nintendo decisions. You know how they are. But anyways, that's coming out June 30th. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Um, they announced Near Automata, the end of Yoraha edition. I don't know um, exactly what that means. Uh, actually, let me read here. Burr, 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 burr. Um, it comes out on October 6th with new costumes and previously rele released modes and other content. The end of Yoraha edition includes all uh, includes the game and all previously released DLC. So there you go. Um, Near Automata is coming with all of the DLC uh, modes and um, other content. So then the, you had the uh, Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. That one did look interesting. It was kind of an anime-esque um, look, kind of a Persona deal. That's foreshadowing. Um, kind of looking game. Um, it is coming to Nintendo Switch first in 2023. Then you have um, 
Super Bomber, Super Bomberman R2 that comes out in 2023. That's not only coming to Switch, it's coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Steam. Um, I'm going to read this really quick. Um, Super Bomberman R is getting a sequel with a new mode, Castle Mode, where a team of up to 15 players fights for treasure against a solo player attempting to fight them off. So I guess... Um, Sequel with a new mode. Okay, so it is a it is a sequel to Super Bomberman R, which of course it's two. But I, I I confused myself and thought it was just a new mode there for a second reading that. But that was just me being uh, a dumbass. Um, then you have Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection um, that comes out um, in 2023. Uh, Ten Mega Man Battle Network games from the Game Boy Advance are coming to Nintendo Switch in 2023. There's also 1,000 illustrations and 150 songs included with the new game. Damn, that is wild. And I hope, and, and here, here's a little nitpick for you, I hope all 150 of those songs are available somewhere on the internet other than the game, because here's the problem. I want a Nintendo... Uh, or a Super Smash Bros. Ultimate soundtrack just released. Just put all the all the songs that you have in that game on one album. Slap that bitch on Spotify or Apple. Store. I will buy it and I will listen to it. I'm so annoyed that that's not a thing. And I know some of those. I know some of those songs. You can probably assemble, makeshift assemble a, a playlist or something. But Nintendo makes it so hard to listen to their music. They make it so hard to listen to their music. They're just so stingy with it. Anyways, uh, Pac-Man World Repack, um, um, a remastered of Pac-Man World. I never played it, but it is coming out August 26th, so I guess this is my chance. guess this is my chance. And next. Mm, the next one is Blank. Blank. I think is how you pronounce it. It is, uh, I'm going to have to just read this because this is my favorite. This was my favorite announcement. This looks fucking awesome. Um, from Gearbox Publishing, Blanc is a buddy adventure game starring a fawn and a wolf cub. It's a textless adventure game with puzzles and local online co-op. It's a console exclusive on Nintendo, Nintendo Switch expected in 2023. It looks gorgeous. Please go check out this game. Honestly, I might have a I might have like a segment in my podcast where we where we just keep up with Blanc. It looks so beautiful. It's a black and white kind of hand sketched art style. It looks great, and I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying it does not end up sad. I heard some people saying the wolf, the little wolf cub is gonna eat the fawn, and I really hope not. That's I'm I'm praying to, to every god in the world in the universe that that does not happen. But anyways, moving on. Return of Monkey Island gameplay reveal trailer got um, shown off. Don't think they gave a release date. Um, no, they did not. I don't even think. I think it is coming later this year, I think they said. But um, I don't see anything on that. And I'm not sure if it previously got one. But we do have a, uh, I think next um, is a story about Monkey Island. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Mario and Rabbids, um, Sparks of Hope, the sequel to Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battles, will be released on October 20th. And it's getting its own showcase on Wednesday at noon, ET. Pre-orders open to... Okay, so um, this is the um, Mario Rabbids. Um, it's not an RTS. It's a... Um, 
oh my goodness it's a turn-based strategy game it uh i i know that i think there's another name for that i just can't think of it right now um i played mario rabbits kingdom battle i did not finish it i did play it it was my brother's um and so i played it um occasionally and watched him play a little bit of it it was fun um real uh i i enjoy some of the turn-based combat it just has to be right like i said i'm playing south park um Stick of Truth, that's turn-based combat, and I absolutely love that combat system. Um, I did enjoy this game's combat, so m I might have to check this out if I have the dough. But um, we'll see. Uh, let's see. October 20th. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a few games coming out in October that I have to talk about that, I really, that I'm really looking forward to, so we'll see. Um, they'll, well, they'll have to fight for it. Um, little Noah... Scion of Paradise. I don't know what this is, but um, I do remember it. But I don't. It's just it's a uh, 2D strategy game that's out Tuesday, so it's it's coming out. Get ready, or it is. It's already out. So yeah, it was a it was a shadow drop. It's out. Um, Roller coaster tycoon, but trains. Nope, I've. <laughs> I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. Railguard. It it's ro roller coaster tycoon, but trains uh, coming in the fall to Nintendo Switch. So that it's roller coaster tycoon with trains. You build your own kind of train um, empire there. RPG time. The Legend of Right. Now I heard this game was shown off a long, 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 long time ago. If I'm if I'm thinking correctly. This is the one. This one was shown off a long, long time ago, and, and it just kind of reappeared here at this um, at this uh, sh um, Nintendo Direct, and it is coming out on August 18th. Um, let's see, on Nintendo Switch, and it's already out. It's out already on Xbox Series X and Windows PC. I did not know that, so uh, go check it out. Um, next, Sonic's Frontier got a. Um, Got a little uh, gameplay trailer. It showed, um, I'll just read this off. Uh, the article reads, Nintendo gave Sonic fans a peek at Sonic Frontier's open zone gameplay and a taste of new cyberspace levels that looks like a more traditional 3D uh, Sonic the Hedgehog games. It's expected on Nintendo Switch this holiday. All right. So I have played not every Sonic game. I have not even played close to every Sonic game. I have dabbled here and there with the original Sonic games. I, I have dabbled with Sonic Adventures. Like I said, I did not grow up with um, uh, a lot of uh, disposable income. So if I did play a game, um, any random game that kind of wasn't a first-person shooter that I could milk hours into multiplayer, it was at my cousin's or at a friend's house. So a lot of my Sonic experience is actually from my cousin. We would hop in, we'd pass the controller around on Sonic Adventures, on the classic Sonic games. And um, he's not my favorite. I don't get I don't get the appeal of Sonic games. I have never absolutely loved a Sonic game. Now, I do think the soundtracks to Sonic games are are killer. I do I do like Sonic Adventures um uh 2 Escape from the City. Come on. Absolutely. It's a it's amazing. It's a bop. On the way to Sonic 2. I I listened to it all the way all the way there from the uh from home to the theater. It was a blast. But um Sonic Frontiers, it looks interesting. It doesn't look amazing. It's not something I'm hyped for. I'm really I'm looking forward to see how it plays out. That's that's all I'll say. I I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um, it is basically um, 
Disney Animal Crossing. Interesting. I am a Disney stan. I love Disney. I love musicals. I love the Disney musicals. Um, but this just really doesn't interest me. Like I said, I'm playing Disney Mirrorverse. I'll probably talk about that next week. Um, this one, it just doesn't really interest me that much. Um, just because it 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 doesn't it looks like a, a worse version of Animal Crossing, but uh, it comes out September sixth for anyone who wants to play it. And if it's your cup of tea, I'm I'm so happy for you. Um, live a live or live alive or live alive, whatever you want to call it. I've heard it both ways. Um, but a demo of Square Enix Live Alive remake is out today. Live Alive will hit Nintendo Switch on July twenty second. If you buy the game after playing the demo, your progress will transfer over. So, sorry, that was the article. I should have stated that. Um, if this this does look interesting, JRPGs, um, they hold my attention. I like to look at them. I like to think, oh, maybe I could sink 800 hours into one video game. I would love to. But um, this one does look interesting. I actually might have to check out the demo um, at some point this week and talk about it um, or check it out sometime this month before it comes out. Uh, cause I don't know, I don't know how much it'll cost when it comes out. Uh, so we'll see, maybe I'll talk about it. Oh man, I really wish I was, um, good at reading door, um, Doriamon story of seasons, friends of the great kingdom. I honestly, I cannot remember what this is. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to start watching it. I'm going to start watching it. Oh, I know. This is the farming. Yes, this is the farming simulator of Doraemon. Yep, I remember this. Yes, okay. Um, it is coming to Switch in 2022. I don't have a lot to say about that. I'm sorry. If you like farming simulators, go check it out. Or if you like uh, Doraemon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly because I don't think I am. But anyways, um, they showed off Minecraft Legends. Uh, it's coming in 2023. We already knew that Minecraft Legends was shown at the Xbox Showcase for Summer Games Fest. It looks it looks cool. Uh, I will definitely check it out. There's no doubt about that. It'll be on Game Pass. Anything Minecraft. Come on. Anything Minecraft you got to check out at least once. Nah, we'll say at least twice. You got to give a game about two to three hours of your time to say, yeah, you know what? I like it. Dragon Quest Treasures. Um, it is... Um, launch date is expected on december 9th i've never like i said jrpgs they interest me i've never really had the time to sink into a jrpg even though they are interesting um but maybe now that i'm doing this podcast uh maybe i'll find uh more time to fit in for them and i'll maybe i'll review a few more um but yeah that uh uh, let me read a little more the article reads a new trailer for dragon quest treasures the dragon quest spinoff the uh debut debut yes Debuted with a launch date expected for December 9th. That's all we can really say about that. I, ca I can't talk more on the Dragon Quest games other than Hero is in um, Smash Bros. Ultimate. And he I absolutely hated fighting him. He is the, one of the worst fighters to go against. And I I just had problems with him. I don't know. Don't, don't come at me. But that is just something that I had a problem with. Portal Companion Collection. Um, Portal Companion Collection. Uh... Uh, collection gets a surprise launch on Tuesday for the Nintendo Switch. So it's out. Go play Portal if you never have. I uh, dabbled into the first one, and it was fun. Um, 
I, I played the demo about two to three times of Portal 1 on my Xbox 360, I think it was. I never actually bought them, but I did enjoy the, uh, the game. So maybe I hear they're two of the best games ever made. So I'll have to, I'll have to check them out myself. Um, moving on. Harvestelia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Harvestelia. It is the Square Enix Harvestelia is about, oh, I should quote. The article reads, Square Enix Harvestelia is about fighting, farming, and forgetting or forging friendships for, uh, across four seasons before descending into a mysterious fifth season, one of death. The life simulation role-playing game is expected out on November 4th. Now, this one looks a little interesting. It's Square Enix just kind of... They just kind of have these random games that they throw in here and there. Uh, I'm not a huge Square Enix fan, I must admit. I don't think their 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 moves and and what they do, I just don't really like. It's not really my my style. I uh, it's I don't know. They're not my games. I do want to check out the games that they put out. They're not my kind of my cup of tea, I should say. I get why people like them. I really do want to check out all the Final Fantasies. I know a lot of them, a lot of the earlier ones are available on the iOS store. So I, I do want to check them out. I've been kind of thinking about that. But like I said, JRPGs, man, they're, they're, they're not my thing. Um, not or not, not my not not my thing. I just don't really have the time to invest in them. There are a lot. But speaking of speaking of JRPGs, Persona is coming to Switch. Finally. Everyone was so thrilled about this. Uh, I know when uh, Persona got announced coming to Xbox during the um, gum, uh, whoa, Summer Game Fest showcase for um, Xbox and Bethesda, when this was announced, people went wild. Me, I didn't go too crazy about it, but I will be checking out. I will be checking it out on Xbox Persona 5. Um, Royale was announced, Persona 4 Golden, and P Persona 3 Portable were all announced for the Nintendo Switch. All coming at later uh, at um, different release dates, but Persona 5 Royal is expected on Nintendo Switch on October 21st. I, I do believe that is the same date as Xbox, um, and I know that Persona 5 Royal is coming to Xbox Game Pass, so I will be checking that out. I will be talking about it. Um, I'm excited for it. I know that one, like I just said, I don't have the time to, but I'm going to try to invest the time in that game. I have heard nothing but good things about the Persona series, and I'm, I am excited to try check it out. Um, and the last one, Captain Velvet Meteor, The Jump Plus Dimensions. I honestly do not remember this one, and I'm so sorry uh, to uh, Captain Velvet Meteor. I apologize. I don't remember this one. Um, but uh, let me read from the article. Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions, is described as a tactical action game about a boy who moved to Japan. It's coming July 28th on Nintendo Switch. I'm going to play the trailer for myself. Um, it's just kind of, it seems a little weird. Um, I do, yeah, I do not remember this one at all. My apologies um, to everyone. I really don't have anything to say about this. Um, it's a tactical action uh, game. So I I hope if whoever gets that enjoys it, I hope it's a great game. Honestly, I really do. But yeah, that is um that is everything that m was shown in the Nintendo Mini Direct. I think that um 
personally, I think it was an okay uh, little direct. I, they they told us beforehand it's going to be third-party announcements. They were like, so don't really expect much out of that. I know Nintendo likes to throw in those random grabs here and there, but that's all you can really expect from them when they say, hey, third-party I mean, don't think they're going to go above and beyond with anything. Don't think that they're just going to throw in these random bangers like Mario Odyssey 2 and things like that. I do think they will probably have another Direct for their first-party titles um, coming up probably in July or August, probably late July, early August, somewhere in there because they've been very silent about a lot of things. They they haven't said anything except for these third parties. And even then, like I said, they showed – like I said – and the article said there was nothing that they didn't they didn't show anything from their first party titles it wasn't anything crazy i know we had a mario game but that's because that's from that's from ubisoft it has the rabbits yay rabbits uh but um you know they just they really didn't show anything there so hopefully there will be another direct coming soon that will show off anything that's happening with mario metroid um uh, and Bayonetta 3. I know that's a very anticipated title. Now, I know you're probably thinking, but what about uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2? I don't know. They delayed it till 2023. They, I think that was the second delay it had. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong on that. Maybe it was the first. But, I, I mean, they've been so quiet about that game. And I know... Um, I know everyone's so excited for it, but I think it was Digital Foundry. They even said they saw it and they were like, this does not look like it's 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 doing what the Switch can do. It looks like it's doing way beyond what the Switch can do. So maybe it is theorized. I'm not saying this is for sure. I'm not saying this is my theory. I'm just tossing something out there. Not what I think. I'm just tossing it out there. Maybe they're saving it for another Switch. Maybe they're sw- saving it for the Switch 2 or whatever they got brewing. Um, I did hear today there were some um, art, uh, there was a um, release that they were spending a lot of money on raw materials. Who knows if that's just them gathering raw materials because they're hard to find and maybe they're cheaper than they have been. I, d- I don't know, but maybe they could be prepping for um, a new console launch. Maybe they could be building new consoles. We don't know. Maybe they're just like, hey, let's let's collect. Let's hoard like a little dragon and sit on our on our, our raw materials. So, hey, who knows? But anyways, moving on to story number two. Ron Gilbert uh, won't post about the new Monkey Island game anymore following online abuse. This is from The Verge by Jay Peters. Um, the article says, I'm shutting down comments, Gilbert said, in a post featuring the new trailer. People are just being mean, and I'm having to delete personal attack comments. It's an amazing game, and everyone on the team is very proud of it. Play it or don't play it, but don't ruin it for everyone else. I won't be posting any more about the game. The joy of sharing has been driven from me. Now, this story and the next one are just, they're kind of dealing with online toxicity. And this is honest, this is just disgusting. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. People who are fans of these games, who like these Monkey Island games, are are harassing him and his team because they're not getting the art style that they want. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you wild? Stop being little babies. 
honestly, these people made something they're proud of, they're happy with. And just because you don't like the art style, sure, you can express you can express that through a tweet. Hey, uh, you know what? Maybe the art style is not for me. Oh, I'm not really enjoying this art style. But to go and just keep on harassing this man in, on his blog in the comments, on his Twitter in the comments, it's fucked up. You took the – and I quote, the joy of sharing has been driven from me. As the man is just trying to make a fun game with his team, and you have ruined it. You've, you've ruined it for him, and, you, and, and he just – like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't care. If you play it or don't, it's an amazing game. And well, I'm sure he wants you to play it, but not if you're being an asshole about it. So anyways, just be nice to each other. Be kind, love one another and show a little kindness. Now, this one also sucks so much. Uh, story number three is uh, God of War devs harassed online for God of War release date. This was this one's me. This I, I found this one. I um I just kind of found a few tweets from Corey Barlog and um, kind of put it all together uh, to, to share. Um, anyways, I'm going I'm to go to one of the tweets now. Corey Barlog retweeted um, at Estella Tigani. I'm so sorry if I pronounced that wrong. She's the cinematic producer on God of War, and she tweeted, and I quote, Pro tip. Sending me dick pics asking for God of War Ragnarok's, Ragnarok's release date will not, in fact, get me to reveal the release date. To the people who are doing so, when <coughs> to the people who are doing so, when did that ever work for you? And then uh, she put the gif of uh, "Stop it, get some help." And that's, I mean, that's true. Get some fucking help. Stop sending dick pics to people for release dates. Oh my god. That shouldn't have to be said. But uh, anyways, Corey Bar Barlog retweeted this, uh, or quote tweeting it, saying, Are you fucking kidding me with this now? I cannot believe I even have to say this, but don't fucking send dick pics to anyone on this team or any anyone in this industry for that matter. They're busting their ass to make some, uh, some, make some for you to enjoy. I'm sure he meant something for you to enjoy. Show some fucking respect. Honestly, it is ridiculous that that even has to be said, that that e even has to be a thing that someone would even fucking do. Do not send dick pics to anyone when they don't want them. If they didn't ask for them, don't fucking send them, especially someone you don't know, someone who's trying to make a game that you will probably love. Don't do it. You, I think anyone who did that shit needs to be found, dosed, and not allowed to buy the game. You can't buy it. You can't play it. Any way that that has to happen, take their fucking PlayStation 5 away. I don't care. Take their PS4, take their Switch, take their whatever, take their computer so they can't fucking emulate it. Take it all. I mean, honestly, it's disgusting. Anyways, there's another tweet. There's multiple tweets, but I'm just pulling these two. Um, whew, let's see. Uh, someone uh, said the gamer 1988. He put it on Twitter, so I'm just going to fucking uh, put him out on it. He said... Why won't you all go on and tell us that the Ragnarok that Ragnarok is delayed? I'm just going to restart that. Why won't you all just go on and tell us that Ragnarok is delayed so that we can move on and plan the rest of our year seriously? This is getting frustrating. Corey Barlog then responds, "Because it's not." Um, and then Randy McReady says, "Then where the hell is it?" Why are you waiting so long? Corey Barlog said, Randy, we are not McReady. 
which was funny. It's good. But what the fuck is – what are gamers on? They're insane. Gamers are crazy. They are the most entitled assholes on the planet. They're fucking wild. They don't owe you anything. They don't owe you shit. You bought their game. You didn't have to buy it. You didn't have to enjoy it. You didn't have to get involved. You're not involved. Shut the fuck up and stop whining. Get your pacifier out of your little mommy's purse and start sucking on that. Don't talk. Don't type. Don't say anything. Wait till the fucking game comes out. I'm sorry. It's very, very frustrating. It's so stupid. Stop harassing people for, for, for things that you are not entitled to. Anyways, that is uh, that is my take on that. It's it's ridiculous toxicity in the gaming space. It, it just does not have a, uh, a place in it. And I know that's, that's um, a crazy thing to say since uh, gamers are notorious for being toxic. But... If you can't make, if you can't take a hobby that you love, that you enjoy, and make it better with your present presence, don't be, don't be a part of it. <laughs> Honestly, no one wants you there. We don't need you there. S- just stop, okay? Just stop. Anyways, uh, moving on to uh, the next story. Story number uh, four: Blizzard plans to acquire Spellbreak Studio. Port. Oh my goodness, fuck that up. Uh, studio Proletariat, Proletariat, I think Proletariat, to bolster World of Warcraft. This is uh, from GamesBeat by Dean Takahashi. Um, the article says, Blizzard Entertainment, and I'm so sorry, this is going to be like a lot. Um, Blizzard Entertainment said it plans to acqu- acquire Spellbreak Maker pl- Proletariat to beef up the staff on its massively multiplayer online role-playing game, World of Warcraft. Have you guys ever heard of that one? I, I have no idea. Uh, under the deal, Boston-based Proletariat will become part of Blizzard and its team of 100 people will begin working on World of Warcraft, including the Dragonflight expansion coming later this year. Spellbreak, a battle royale game where wizards and witches cast spells at each other, will be sunset. <coughs> will be sunset. And quote, we are putting players at the forefront of everything we do, and we are working hard to both meet and exceed their expectations, said Mike Yabera, president of Blizzard Entertainment. And uh, that that statement was amended in the amended statement. Um, a critical part of taking care of players is taking uh, – this is another quote. I'm so sorry. Uh, another quote from the article reads, A critical part of taking care of players is taking care of our teams, making sure we have the resources to produce experiences our communities will love while giving our team space to explore even more creative opportunities with their projects. Proletariat is a perfect fit for – for supporting Blizzard's mission to bringing high-quality content to our players more often. Now, this is um, just more corporate consolidation, which we've seen in the industry very recently. Actually, um, recently with Blizzard, uh, Xbox's uh, recent acquisition of, well, announcement of plans to acquire them and and, and merge them with X, uh, not merge them, but uh, bring them in under the Xbox umbrella. Um, this is interesting because will this have an effect on that? Honestly, I can't say. I am not a business um, analyst in any way. I don't know how this will affect that. I don't really think it will. Um, 
they are planning on doing this. They've apparently, I think they have helped Blizzard in the past with their, um, with uh, World of Warcraft, because it seems like even without, it says that they, the 100 people will begin working on World of Warcraft, including the Dragonflight expansion coming later this year. That's pretty soon. I mean, there's six months left in the year. If these 100 people are supposed to be working on this now, I mean, and they haven't even acquired them, they probably have had some partnerships in the past. I didn't, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize. I slacked. I didn't do much research into that. But, um, yeah, it's it it, it whether it's it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks that uh, this team is kind of getting pulled into this. It's nice to see that the team gets to stay alive and they get to they get to work on the same game with one another. Hopefully, Blizzard doesn't separate them like Blizzard likes to do. We've seen it with other um, developers that they have under their wing. They like to uh, separate them and 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 move them around a lot normally towards Call of Duty, like we saw with Vicarious Visions, but um, anyways, it's, it's sad that this, uh, that they have to sunset this game that they've tried, they've worked so hard on. I know it kind of suffered from um, a lack of content throughout the, um, the, the months and the years that it was um, available. It couldn't really keep up with uh, Fortnite, Apex, and um, PUBG with content rollouts, uh, but I mean, I don't know. It just kind of it, it does suck that they they kind of have to leave this behind and a game has to get sunset, but I mean maybe this service will stay open. I don't think I read anything that they're just gonna shut it shut it down completely. Maybe it's just they won't be working on it anymore and you can play it at your leisure. But you know that that's all you're gonna get. Um, personally, I never tried Spellbreak. I always looked at it from afar. I watched gameplay. It looks fun. It looked like a blast. Um. But I did never get the chance to hop in. So, anyways, uh, let's move on to the next story. New uh, new story, um, Valve boosts Steam Deck production. So, that's pretty cool. Um, this is from the Steam Deck Twitter page. They uh, It just reads, hello, some great news from uh, – or ooh, I butchered that. I'm so sorry. Hello, some great news on the production front. We just sent the last batch of Q2 emails and we'll start sending Q3 reservation emails on the 30th. Production has picked up and after today we'll be shipping more than double the number of Steam Decks every week. Now this is awesome. I am not someone who signed up for a Steam Deck. I'm not someone who pre-ordered. I, w I wish I was. But like I said, I work at a grocery store and the Steam Decks are hella expensive. They're very expensive. But they do seem to be worth it from all the reviews I've been seeing and all the things I've just kind of been hearing on um, on podcasts and on Twitter and things. People are absolutely loving their Steam Decks, and they just honestly seem like a better version of the Switch. It seems like this is really going to be the, the, the thing that you get if you're going to play these indie titles and all these things that are just coming to Switch first that you can just kind of download and play, but also... While you're doing that, you can play these massive first-party, or not first-party titles, but these massive AAA titles on your handheld that look better than they do on the Switch. And I hate to say that, the Switch is cool and all, but it's it's kind of lagging behind. It's it's not up to date with with the series the series X and the PS5 and and. We all know PCs just keep getting bolstered every year with, um, I'm pretty sure the, the GeForce um, 4000 series is, is supposed to be launching soon, um, which is just buck wild to think because I remember when the 3080s were just 
people were poaching them for $10,000 online and people were buying them. It's wild. So, um, but the Steam Deck, anyways, I would love to get my hands on one, try one out. It looks awesome. It looks amazing, especially with all the modding and all the, the, the back doors that you can go through to even get Xbox Game Pass on there. Um, but yeah, it looks awesome. So we're going to keep going on. I have a few more stories. I think um, one, two, three, three, three more stories. So bear with me. I'm sorry. Uh, and this next one is a lot. So um, speaking of PlayStation 5s, Sony announces new gaming monitors and headsets. This is um, on Polygon by Nicole Carpenter. Um, the article reads, now this is almost the entire fucking article because it was just so she did such a uh, Nicole did such a good job at condensing it and and trying to make it um, just very quick and get all the information out so I'm going to read most of it you should probably just go give it some clicks so you're not so they have their clicks and they wrote it so um, anyways there are two gaming monitors currently in Sony's in zone lineup the M9 and the M5 the M9 is a 27 inch 4k monitor with 144 hertz refresh rate while the InZone M5 sports a 240 hertz refresh rate at 1080p resolution. Both models feature HDMI 2.1 and USB-C ports as well as variable refresh rate support just like the PS5 does. But only the higher-end M9 offers a full array of local dimming, which improves image quality by delivering better contrast. The M9 will cost $899 at launch, while the M5 is priced at $529. Sony is touching. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Sony is touting special intro introperability. I don't know if that. I'm so sorry. I I have trouble reading. Um, maybe I shouldn't be reading on the podcast then. But uh, anyways, for these, I'm just going to skip these gaming monitors. When, Anyways, you get special abilities or special features when they uh, are hooked up to a PS5. The M9 offers auto HDR toning mapping, which automatically tunes the look of HDR color and will automatically switch the picture mode depending on whether you're uh, playing a game or watching a movie. The article continues, two wireless InZone branded headsets are also coming from Sony. The top, the top of the line InZone 9 or H9 and the H7, both with 2.4 gigahertz wireless and Bluetooth connectivity alongside a wired headset, the H3. They're noticeably larger and more robust than Sony's existing plus 3D wireless headset for PlayStation for PlayStation 5. Sony, uh, Sony says the wireless headset will get 32 and 40 hours of battery life, respectively. The H9 will cost 299 while the H7 priced at 229 and the H3, which will go for $100. The article goes on. Sony said the news released that the monitors will be available this summer from Sony.com and other retailers. The gaming headsets are currently available for pre-order on Sony's website. Oh my gosh. So sorry you had to hear me mumble and ramble through that as best as I could. Please go check out the article. All of these that I'm saying uh, they to get a better um, feel for them and read the whole article because I, I don't get a chance to post the entire articles wha- when I, um, when I uh, read them out here. 
But um, anyways, to talk on this, this is interesting. Sony is coming out with uh, a line of monitors, whether that be just, hey, maybe people want to play on the PlayStation 5 and we can make money off that. Maybe they want to play their PlayStation 5 on a monitor and we can make money off of that. Or like we've been seeing, Sony has been making plays in the PC gaming space. They have, like they did, they put um, Death Stranding on PC, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, and most recently, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, um, holy shit, Spider-Man Remastered and Spider-Man Miles Mo Morales. Two amazing games, which I have played. I know I said I don't have a PS5, but I do know people with them who have let me borrow them for a short time to play these games. I'm a I'm a comic book fan. I do I'm a I'm a Marvel uh, fanboy. I have a Stanley um uh portrait with his like signature hanging above my head right now. I I I love those games. And um anyways, getting off track. Um I think they're just making moves in the PC space. Personally from how I see it, I think they're making moves. They see Microsoft doing it for years now. I think they are trying to make those moves to say, "Hey, this is an actual viable money-making standpoint or a money-making um hole that we can dive into and make a little extra cash on the side." I think is a very smart move. I think they sh should keep doing this and I think when when more of us play, it's it's a good thing. When everyone can experience these games, there's no downside to that. The corporations get there. They get to gobble up from their fucking money horse. They get to kick it until it just stops spitting the money out. And we keep getting games on different platforms, on on everything we can do. And I know this is the, the plug-and-play podcast, but if you look at the little, the little uh, profile pic I have, it says, with some drivers. I, I own a, a gaming laptop. I like to play on my PC sometimes. So I'm uh, I mean, is is consoles better? Are they superior? Yeah, sure. We all know that. We all know like you should be playing with a controller. We all know that. But when more people have the game available to them, there's no downside to that. I am not a fan of exclusives. I'm not a fan of keeping games behind uh, uh, behind locked doors, but I understand why that's a thing. They have to make their money. Fuck the corpos. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but will I be purchasing any of these? No. I don't have a PS5. I don't I don't need them. They look cool. I will say that. I don't need them, but they look cool. So would I buy them if I had the money? If I had a billion dollars right now to, to deck out a gaming, uh, a gaming space? I would consider buying these. They look pretty nice. They look weird, but you could make a theme out of it with your PlayStation, the white look to them and all that. The headsets, on the other hand, um, I just have Razer Krakens. They work with my PC. They work with my Xbox. They, 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 they do work on uh, PlayStation 5. My, my roommate also has his. They just work. I like my Razer Krakens. They were um, $60, I think, on sale, normally $80. They are worth it. They, they sound great. They, they, they're comfortable. I, I recommend them. But that's my thoughts on those. Um, uh, let's move on to the next story. This one I'm kind of excited for. I've heard people just kind of like brush it off. Be like, eh, nothing much. But new Skull and Bones rating, more uh, new Skull and Bones rating, ESRB rating, uh, more proof that Skull and Bones will come out. This is from Polygon by Ryan Gillum. Um, now, before I even get into the article, I am excited for this. I really enjoyed 
uh, Black Flag. I really liked Black Flag. I liked the sailing in Black Flag. I enjoy pirates. I'm not a, a pirate stand by any means, but this game I was excited for back in 2017 when they announced it. But let me read the article. The article says, in a recent update to its website, the ESRB gave Skull and Bones an M for Mature. Uh, M for Mature rating for blood, strong language, suggestive things, use of drugs, and violence. I think I said suggestive things, but I meant themes. Yeah, whatever. Um, it also states that Skull and Bones will have an in-game purchase of some kind. Its rating summary describes a variety of missions that players will go on and mentioned features like boarding other boats and making deliveries. The game is currently slated to release by the end of Ubisoft's 2023 fiscal year, which means before March 31st, 2023. Ubisoft originally announced the sh and showed Skull and Bones at E3 2017. That is a long time ago. In 2018, Ubisoft announced a 2019 release window for the game, only to delay it into 2020 in May of its intended release year. Then the COVID-19 pandemic hit and the game dropped off the map, only to resurface earlier this year with a leaked gameplay video. I have not seen this video, but to continue, that was me, not the article. The article continues and says, a launch date for Skull and Bones briefly made its... Uh, made it to the Xbox Game Store in some regions, marking the game for release on November 8th. Other details mentioned the pre-order bonuses. I'm so sorry, I had to burp there. Mentioned pre-order bonuses and premiums included with the game special editions. All right, now, like I said, I was looking forward to this game in 2017 when it was announced. I, for perspective, am 22. I was... 17 when this came out when this when the it was shown off now when it was shown off they said it would just be boat warfare they were like it's just going to be boats you're just going to see boats and all that like you're going to shoot it's going to be the 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 black flag combat that i was fine with i was happy with this but in this article and the es i don't know why i'm having trouble saying that esrb rating it says um, summary describes a variety of missions that players will go on and mention features like boarding other boats and making deliveries. Now, the boarding other boats is interesting. Will we see something similar? Now, now anyone who has seen the, the leaked gameplay, please correct me if I'm wrong on this or if, if, if anything was uh, I'm saying really doesn't line up. But... Um, Will we see something like kind of for honor combat where you're where you're lining up and you're you're hopping on boats and you're doing kind of the for honor combat where you move the right stick to block in those areas, attack in those areas? Because in for honor, they did add pirates. I'm sorry, I just hit the mic. So if that disturbed me. All right. They did add pirates to the game. So will we see that kind of uh, For Honor combat? I would love that. I know the For Honor community was uh, kind of, uh, how we say, uh, toxic, but. It was a fun game. It was kind of cool. I enjoyed it. I played a, a decent chunk of it. I wouldn't say a lot, but I played a decent amount with my friends until my they became toxic at the game, and I stopped playing with them. Um, but <laughs> anyways, um, uh, in 2018, Ubisoft released. Okay, so the fact that it was supposed to come out and has been delayed multiple times is kind of scary. It's kind of worrisome, especially coming from Ubisoft, who does not have a good track record right now. 
They have not released many banger titles. I think the last crazy good game that they released, or not, I wouldn't even say crazy good game, somewhat well-received game was Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It got good ratings. It did. It got good ratings from uh, from the outlets and things like that. But people didn't really vibe with it that much. Like they were like, "Oh, go back to the olden days where where it wasn't that big of an RPG." I know people enjoyed or enjoyed Origin and Odyssey was okay, but I mean, Ubisoft does not have a good track record with uh, their 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 free to play games and things like that. I'm I'm hoping that this one does not become that free to play um, microtransaction game that they kind of just throw out. Uh, I mean, we all know how Roller Champions did. You don't really hear people talking about that. Yeah, um, they had to just down, shut down hyperscape servers and things like that. They just kind of throw shit at the fan and, and hope something sticks and nothing is sticking at this point. Um, but we can only hope. Moving on to our final story. This one's just a little a little I, I marked it as a fun little story. Um, quote. Hey, uh, or this isn't a quote. This is the title. I guess you could quote it. But Hideo Kojima killed a project because it was too much like The Boys, the TV show on um, Amazon. Uh, this is uh, from Kotaku by Ari Notice. Notice. Uh, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I do apologize. Um, but anyways, the article reads, quote, I watched a few episodes that were delivered at the time when I was about to start a project that I had been warming up for a long time and put it on hold because the concept was similar, Kojima said on Twitter. A buddy, uh, quote Kojima again, a buddy male-female thing was (coughs) with a special detective squad facing off against legendary heroes behind the scenes. I was thinking Mads as the lead. Hold on, I gotta get a sip of water real quick. Ah, okay. So, this is interesting because Kojima, even though I, I mean, okay, so it is such a struggle to play the fucking Metal Gear Solid games. It is such a struggle. I want to play these games so bad. I know I have Metal Gear Solid 5. I don't want to play it and then go back and try to, like, find a fucking PS3 and all this stuff or PS2 to play these games. I want to play these games, and they're just not available. I can't remember. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name of who developed the... Hold on. Who who owns the right to Metal Gear? I'm so sorry. I was literally just listening to a podcast about this today, and I just... Konami. Fuck Konami. All right? (laughs) And I know that's some strong words coming from my first podcast, but dear Lord, I want to play these games, and they just make it so hard. Konami makes it so hard to, to, to... do things in the in the gaming space they even enjoy their shit and they and anyways i want to play these games i like kojima i just like the vibe he gives off i i follow him on twitter i love his twitter page it's just it's a blast to watch he's making a game for xbox which will probably come out in what is it 2022 probably 2027 2028 maybe it's gonna be a while but but to see kojima do something like the boys taking superheroes and and taking it and flipping it on its head and making them these these horrible people and you're trying to prove that i i would be it would be amazing i would love to see it i i highly doubt knowing kojima that you would be the super powered um um crazy guy who's 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 um 
trying to take over the world. I doubt it. But um, just to see what he would do with that and in his mind and his storytelling ability, it would be absolutely fantastic. And uh, to see Mads Mikkelsen, uh, for those of you who don't know who what Mads means in his quote, Mads Mikkelsen is a, an actor who um, – the most um notable i think he was in he was in death stranding and then um i guess if you're a nerd and you're watching this he was the bad guy in the first doctor strange movie and i know that's a funny thing because i'm i know he has way more imdb credits than that but it's just the first thing coming to my my mind right now um anyways fantastic actor i would love to see him in a lead role in his in that digital space and see what he could do with it but Anyways, I think that is the end of um the Firth podcast. That's all of the all of the stories I got. I'm sorry. I'm gonna try to get better at reading. Hopefully, I just kind of keep improving at this. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna keep learning and and keep going with it. Um, but yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you come back to listen to more. Um, like I said, I'm gonna try to post every Friday. Try to get these episodes out the best I can. And, uh, yeah, so um, I guess follow me on Twitter uh, at at Adam or at a Jones four five three four is my Twitter handle. I'll try to post uh, when the episodes go up. I'll try to retweet things and things like that. Try to be a little more active. Um, And right now, I guess that's all I have to say. But I do want to I do want to encourage charities. I want to not encourage charities, but I want to promote charities. I know I have no connection with these charities. I don't have – they don't know about me. They don't know any that I probably even exist. I just like um, to try to make – like I said, I like to try to make my hobby space a better place. I like to improve that space and make it better. So um, I'm going to try to find more charities to promote. I just didn't get the chance to look that much into them today. Um, But one that I did know about and I am – I can rate, relate to a lot for family reasons. Able Gamers, um, I'm going to read right off their page. Creating opportunities that enable play in order to combat social isolation, foster inclusive communities, and improve the quality quality of life for people with disabilities. Um, this um, is very important to me. I'll probably go into reasons later um, for that, uh, but I just want to... Shout out a charity every episode that I can. Probably a lot of repeats. I'll probably find ones that I really am passionate about that I like. But uh, for right now, the first one I'm going to do is uh, Able Gamers. You don't have to give a lot. Um, $5, $2, $3. And then, hey, I know COVID-19 is going around. I know it is. COVID-19, a pandemic, we're still in the in it. Um, a lot of people are, are, are struggling right now. So if you don't have any money to give, of course, don't give it. If you don't have it, don't give it. But if you do, if you, if you're fucking Jeff Beesbo out there with billions of dollars, throw some, throw all of it. You, you, I mean, come on, I get, I get you worked for it. I mean, maybe you don't know some like you got Elon Musk out there claiming he worked for his money. Anyways, I'm not gonna get into it. But hey, um, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Um, please come back and uh, to quote Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Enjoy your gaming. <laughs>